Well, I just have a few minutes today. I don't know. I just, it's, it's not a, a full-on uh, sermon. So I thought that what I would do is just remind you of one of the greatest truths of all of the Bible. I would think if I were to ask you what is the greatest scripture in the Word of God, at least maybe one that you've known since a child, you'd probably say the first scripture I ever memorized was John 3.16. Maybe you would say that. Maybe if I had you come up, you could recite that from your heart. There's some verses that are like that. But what I'd like to do is take you to another, and it could be the second greatest known scripture, and I thought it might just set the the precedent for us as we move into here these baptisms. This passage is found in Ephesians chapter 2, and I want you to look back over there in Ephesians chapter 2, and I want to look just briefly at Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And we really don't even have the time briefly to look at that. So I think what's on my heart is just one singular focus in that text. But in Ephesians 2, 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. I mean, the Word of God is clear that we are saved by grace through the agency of faith. That if you're here this morning as a believer, and certainly the 13 that will come to give testimony, have expressed their faith in Christ. And that faith is given to them as a gift, and so we're saved. The text says there, by grace, it's not our works, or any of that. But it's through the agency of faith. And it is always faith, and I like to make it clear, theologically speaking, certainly you expressed faith, but what faith is, it's the channel. It's the means by which someone gets saved. In fact, if you hear these 13 testimonies, at some point, they came to the place where they recognized their sin, They recognized the work of Christ. They turned away from every other means of salvation and put all of their hope and faith, not in their own faith, but faith in Christ. Christ is always the direct object of faith in the New Testament. But if you would look down, I want to show you where I am. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And then it says this. It says, and this is, and the question, you could underline that little phrase there, and this is, it says there, not your own doing. So what is the this is? What is that? Obviously, in the flow, the grace and the faith It says that you're saved through that, and this is. Those gifts that come to us in grace and faith. And he's clear here that this grace and faith are not human works because he says this is not your own doing. In other words, they come to you from outside of yourself, and they come to you from a divine source. And the divine source clearly here 
is God. Because if you're in chapter 2, look at verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, it says there that he made us alive together. And so here, this is, what is that? It's not our own doing, it's a gift of God. This is what the word of God says, those are gifts. They are gifts given to us, freely given. Faith is a gift. In other words, it's not your own doing. Grace is a gift. In fact, Paul uses this language in Romans 3.24 that we are justified as a gift by his grace. It's a grace gift. In fact, Paul said in Romans 5.15, it's a free gift. He said in 5.17 that it's a free gift of righteousness. So these ideas of grace and faith, they're their gifts. Now, if you can, look at 2.8 again. I just want to focus on these. I'm going to put them in three negative assertions that he makes. This, the grace and faith, number one, is not your own doing. It's not of a result of works, verse 9. And then in verse 9, for this purpose that no one may boast. So he makes this magnanimous statement on grace and faith. They're gifts, they're not your own doing. And then he gives us three negative assertions. Let me just remind you of those briefly. Here, number one, this is not, and this, this is, not your own doing. I mean, this is the whole line of Paul's thought in salvation. Salvation is God's initiation. This, the grace and faith, is not, the first negative, your own doing. And the reason that it's not your own doing is when you track back in Ephesians chapter 1, it says that he chose us. Very clearly, the initiative is God's. Very clear in 1.6, it says that he, or in 1.5, that he predestined us. It tells us in Ephesians 2, 1, That we're dead in our trespasses and sins and our only hope was God who made us alive. Was God who raised you up. Was God who seated you in the heavenlies. So salvation is by grace through faith and this, Paul says, is not your own doing. But there's a second negative assertion. Look at it in Ephesians 2. It says it's a gift of God, and then it says in 2.9, it's not a result of works. Now, I think we generally understand that. He makes it absolutely clear that our salvation has nothing to do with anything that we have done. It has nothing to do, verse 9, it's not a result of our own works. Obviously, works or deeds performed can never save us. Paul looked back in the book of Philippians, and of his own life, he said, I was circumcised on the eighth day. He said, I was of the nation of Israel. I was from the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of the Hebrews. As to the law, remember that Paul was a Pharisee. 
He said in Philippians 3, as to zeal, he said, I was a persecutor. In other words, he was holding the coats of people while the, the believers were being stoned, Stephen's. He says, as to zeal, a persecutor, I was found, he said, in his own religiosity, he said, found blameless. But he went on to say, all of this was loss. He said, I want to be found not having a righteousness of my own, but that which is through faith in Christ, a righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. So I like to just remind us, even for you believers here this morning, that salvation doesn't come by confirmation. Salvation doesn't come by infant baptism. Salvation doesn't come by church attendance. It doesn't come by membership, which will have 50 people installed at the end of the day. It doesn't come by that. It doesn't come by communion. It doesn't come by keeping the commandments. It doesn't come because anyone gives to charity. It doesn't come by being a good neighbor. None of that. In fact, hell will be loaded with people who did all that stuff. It's populated as hell by people who think they've done so, so many good works. In fact, it reminds me of many people in our own day, like the Pharisee in Luke 18, when he said, God, he was praying, I thank you that I'm not like this man and like this other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. He said, I fast twice a week, I get tithes of all that I get. And I'm sure he sought to live that. But Paul said, it is by grace through what? Faith and that and this, grace and faith, not of yourself. In fact, Paul would say in Romans eleven six, he said there, if it is by, if, he said, if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. In fact, this is the whole theme of Scripture that as a person is not made right before the Lord or justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. You know, it seems like maybe we've grown up in an era where so many people come down an aisle, so many people pray a prayer, so many people are told and convinced to have faith and I think sometimes we think that walking an aisle, praying a prayer, signing some kind of document saves you. Or maybe you even tend to think that it was my faith that saved me. You're not saved by your faith. Otherwise, faith is no longer faith. Faith becomes a what? A work. You are saved singularly by faith in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. You've come to the end of yourself. You recognize that you're a sinner before God. You recognize that you're hellbound, and the only thing you can do is drop to your knees, say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Save me. And you're saved through faith, yes, through the means of faith, but the faith was given to you as a gift by God. The grace was given to you as a gift of God. You say, so what, what are these negatives? Well, there they are. You're not, it's not your own doing. 
Why? Because it's a gift of God. Verse 9, it's not a result of works. Well, why is it not your own doing? And why here in verse 9, is it not a result of works? And here I'll say this, there's the purpose. Verse 9, so that no one may, what? Boast. You're saved in what Christ has done by grace through faith. For what reason? That nobody could boast. You say, well, why, why could I not boast? Well, because even the faith you have is a gift by God. Even the grace you have was a gift by God. And he did that for this reason that no one would boast. No one will ever stand before those pearly gates, if you will, at the end of time and say, look what I have done. Look what I have accomplished. You will just be so lost in the wonder of the grace and the faith that were given to you, and they were given for this reason that no one would boast. Paul even said in Romans 3.27, where then is boasting? He said it is excluded. He says if Abraham in Romans 4.2 was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. And so we have been saved so that from all eternity, We don't get the credit, but he does, and for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1. In fact, he goes on to say in Ephesians 2, 7, that for all eternity, it says, verse 7, that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In other words, for all time, You and I are going to be a trophy, a trophy of Christ, not for our own boasting, not for our own works, not for our own deeds, not for our own righteousness, but what he has done completely in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We will be lifted up, if you will, as a trophy, not of anything that we have done, but purely of his grace. I like this one hymn that I used to sing a lot Uh, I think you've heard it, and you could probably recite part of it for those of you who have been in the faith for a little while. My hope is built on what? Nothing less than Jesus' blood and what? Righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on what? Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I, what? stand all other ground is sinking what sand so our hope is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and it's why our church is called Grace Church of the Valley so it's by grace through faith but you notice he says this do you notice this look at the last phrase and I'm all done for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what Good works, which God, what, prepared beforehand. You say, why is that there? Well, it's there because even the works we do, we can't take credit for. He saved you by grace, through faith, made you his masterpiece, and he created you for good works, and that he did before the foundation of the world. So, Scott Artavanis gets no credit for standing before you, for being a preacher 33 years. All I know is that he saved me from before time. He called me into his ministry, and it's all his doing by his grace. 
And so all of that was prearranged. Let me put it this way. Even your good works are a sovereign work of God. I mean, you say, why do I say that? Because if we're not careful, we may be tempted to think that what Paul is saying is that God puts forth a call to good works in a response to God's grace. Is that what you think? I mean, I think some people teach that. He puts a a call for you to do good works in response to his grace, but the thought would be God's done something really nice for you, and it would kind of really be nice if uh, you did something nice for him. But he's not issuing here a call to good works in response to God's grace. He's pointing out that even the good deeds are evidence of that grace. And so he would tell you and tell me to to walk in them. So listen, we have 13 people. Say, what are they doing? This doesn't save them. You know that. This is just the fruit of what God's already done in their heart. Okay? Okay? 